It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Once I drifted out in sin, had no hope nor joy within, and my soul was burdened down with pride. Then my Savior came along, and He showed me I was wrong, and He placed me on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side, out in sin no more will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord, I'm on the winning side. I will never have a fear for my Lord ever near, and in Him so often I confide. Well, He's the keeper of my soul, since I gave Him full control, and He placed me on the winning side. Well, I'm Welcome back to Voice of the Wilderness. As always, this is your host, Dakota. And once again, we have my dad, Rick, on the show with us uh, for tonight. And we're going to start it off talking about this um, school shooting that happened in Florida on Valentine's Day. Um, Anyone with any common sense can figure out this was a false flag operation. The guy that did it obviously um, was on mind control. Um, The FBI had prior notice and warning that this guy admitted he wanted to go and commit a mass shooting, and they did nothing to stop him. And we had a, or they had a uh, mass shooter drill going on at that that same day before it happened. And, uh, yeah, what do you think about this, Dad? Well, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I kind of tend to go off of the, the folks that were there on the ground. The kids were reporting multiple shooters. 
So what I see is you have uh, FBI its knowledge of uh, uh, a deranged kid on uh, psychotropic drugs, which is really easy to mind control this kid. Uh, and then whether he did any shooting or not, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard from the witnesses if they actually saw him or if they just threw him into the mix and then use their professionals to uh, to do the job but we know for a fact that this whole thing is uh, something that uh, that you could discuss with the listeners regarding a book that was written of course they killed the guy but he exposed the plan to use school shootings to disarm america yep uh william cooper he was uh a former a naval intelligence officer, and he wrote about it in his book, uh, Behold the Pale Horse. Um, so he knew about this plan that they would use school shootings to take away our guns. The reason they're using school shootings, it, um, besides using, um, you know, shootings anywhere else like churches or malls or stores or other public places is because if they kill a bunch of kids then obviously everybody is going to feel much more uh, sad about a bunch of kids dying than a bunch of adults and so it makes it a really touchy um, issue to where um, even people that that uh, that are gun supporters, Second Amendment supporters that are gun owners, you know, will even say, oh, they can have the AR-15s. You know, we we were we just talked to a guy we know at uh, at Costco earlier today about this, and he's like, oh yeah, I don't care, they can have the AR-15s, you know, and obviously, um, we we do need. AR-15s. We need to have semi-automatic weapons um, because the Second Amendment was designed to protect the people from a tyrannical government. And so the point is, is for the citizens to have just as good of weaponry as the government. Uh, not just the Second Amendment isn't just for deer hunting. Um, and also, it was never designed for. It was never about hunting. Yeah, no, that's that's what I said, and uh, and people don't understand that when the founding fathers um, created the Bill of Rights, at that time, they already had uh, fully automatic weapons, uh, not the same ones that we have today, like fully automatic assault rifles, but they had, you know, fully automatic uh, Gatling guns back then. And when they created the Second Amendment, they didn't say, oh, you can own all types of weapons except for fully automatic Gatling guns, you know, or you can only own muskets um, under a certain caliber because the larger caliber ones are too dangerous. Um, so obviously, Second Amendment... Uh, had all types of firearms in mind when the Founding Fathers created it because it is created for the number one purpose of 
people being able to defend themselves against a tyrannical government. Yeah, that's right. It had nothing to do with hunting, uh, and I think I think you mm-hmm. when you said it wasn't just for deer hunting. Yeah, it's has nothing to do with hunting. So, um, yeah. what happens every time any any uh, regime takes the guns? The first thing they do is they come in and murder uh, the farmers, uh, the people that create that that uh, don't have to rely on the government and create. Um, and are self-sufficient and uh, are growing food, producing food, and, uh, you know, they take them out, and everybody then is instantly dependent on a government, and their uh, their necks are pressed to the ground wherever they're at by the bootjack thugs that uh, would be, uh, you know, the brown shirts or whoever decides to uh, say, hey, I was just doing my job working for the government or it could be, in our case, the reason we need semi-automatic weapons is if we have, uh, you know, the United Nations or foreign troops that we know that are already here come uh, to confiscate our weapons. Because, you know, the next thing is, is FEMA camps are activated and uh, political enemies are rounded up. And it's just, it's not a good, you know, it's just like uh, true liberty is found in Jesus Christ also, you know, unfortunately, there's a balance in the whole spectrum of independence and uh, freedoms and liberties. And, and unfortunately, it does take an armed citizenry to, um, you know, working out their uh, Bill of Rights and their constitutional rights, um, which are an unleanable, an unleanable right. Um, and uh, they shall not be infringed for the reason of our God-given liberties, you know, the right pursuit of happiness and, uh, uh, you know, our freedoms. There's a balance in it. So, yeah, it's pretty obvious that, uh, you know, and I'm not going to get into the whole Sandy Hook thing, but if you think that that happened the way the narrative uh, read in the papers and that you're, you're totally misled. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this, that an expert witness for the state that's used in school shootings said that he would renounce his U.S. citizenship if one child died in that shooting because it didn't happen, okay? And uh, there was a drill happening that same day. They used actors, actresses. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Look into the facts. No life light. Uh, no bio cleanup. They bulldozed the school um, absolutely instantly before a coroner even entered the building. He was talking in a dialogue of what had happened, even though he hadn't even been in there. Uh, you know, pizza and and uh, fast food being delivered, and these uh, these first responders are eating in that building. That that isn't going to happen. Not not ever. If if it went down the way they said said that it did. So even though we have Trump and he's trying to drain the swamp, uh, those that have been entrenched in power for a very long time within the CIA and the FBI, uh, there are patriots in those groups, you know, so let's look at this in a larger spectrum. You know, I'm not just saying that all of these people are bad, but there's somebody telling the FBI that would do their job to stand down. They want this shit to happen. Okay. They want excuse my language, they want this to happen because they know they can use it to pull on the heartstrings of those 
and then you get the the shills like Mitt Romney. That's just a you know he, he's just a Democrat in a in a in a Ronald Reagan suit, and uh, you know he's something must be done. You know all these people. Well, where was the gun control when uh, Obama was in office? Why, you know, all these measures, and they talk about these school shootings, and uh, you find out that they're not even close to what uh, they say they are. You know, one kid committed suicide in a in a school parking lot, and other events, and they call these they call these things school shootings. Um, we're being lied to, folks. First and foremost, the FBI had the knowledge. Uh, they had the information that this guy wanted to go shoot up a school. Now, don't you find it convenient if you want to take the guns, how you can use this guy. You don't stop him. You don't do anything about it, and you allow it to happen. Now, Trump's called out the FBI as the responsible party. I stand with him on that. Um, but also these schools and all the things that they're doing, let's look at uh, – in Israel, there's never been a school shooting. You know why? This, the teachers are all armed. So all these things happen in gun-free zones where a punk uh, that is on psychotropics, that's totally, his mind is gone, he's weak, and wants to go hunting, he goes to, it's like a killing field for him because he knows nobody's going to shoot back. That kid would not have marched into this, if he even did, would not have marched into that school knowing that he was going to be greeted with an armed security guard. The second he pulled out a weapon and, and rang off the first shot that he would have been put down. So common sense needs to prevail. That's what I got to say on it. Yeah. It's also interesting. Um, there's a reporter talking about this and she brought up the fact, and she's a Fox news reporter. This was on the Sean Hannity show. And she brought up the fact that uh, most of these mass shooters have all been, um, most of them have been on psychotropic drugs and that Nicholas Cruz had a history with antidepressants. And uh, right after she said that, Sean Hannity just cut her off. Oh, yeah. Um you know, so people that think that Fox News has uh, is you know totally truthful and that they're um, you know and that you can get the truth from watching Fox News, you are absolutely deceived. Um, they give you I do I do truth. I do like Tucker Carlson. I think he I think he uh, I think he uh, he does a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, even he doesn't go as deep as someone like Alex Jones or, you know, somebody else like that. But um, he does go deeper than anyone else on mainstream news. That's for sure. Um, he's even been on the Alex Jones show before, which is pretty cool. Um, so I think we covered that story uh, pretty well. Uh, let's. Uh, look for all I want to say. To, all I want to say is look for more school shootings. It's not over yet. They yeah. tried to a shooter tried to come into a church uh, this Sunday with the intention of uh, massacring people, and the armed congregation put him down. But you won't hear a thing about it on the news. 
They don't want to hear anything about Jesus, and they don't want to hear about anything about how uh, guns can stop uh, these madmen. Yep. Um, that that was in uh, Amarillo, Texas, by the way, and I don't believe that uh, a single, because of uh, armed uh, churchgoers, I don't believe there was a single person in the church that was uh, killed by the shooter. So oh. that is uh, pretty awesome. But just going back really quick a second to uh, uh, William Cooper, uh, Behold the Pale Horse, um, the book was written in uh, 91 and uh, this is a, a quote from the book um, on page 225 of his book Behold the Pale Horse it says the government encouraged the manufacture and importation of military firearms for the criminals to use. This is intended to foster a feeling of insecurity which would lead the American people to voluntarily disarm themselves by passing laws against firearms, using drugs and hypnosis on mental patients in a process called Orion. The CIA inculcated the desire in these people to open fire on schoolyards and thus inflame the anti-gun lobby. This plan is well underway and so far is working perfectly. The middle class is begging the government to do away with the Second Amendment. So that is word for word out of his book. And obviously they killed this guy because um, he he knew way too much. And uh, if you don't believe that MKUltra is real, you can go to uh, theblackvault.com and you can can, uh, find... Um, the official government documents or you can go to this article on uh, allnewspipeline.com called uh, Florida Shooter MK Altercated and it has a uh, one of these documents on here um, and also take a look at the pictures of all of the uh, mass shooters and you'll see all of them look totally out of their minds like they don't even look like regular humans just the the blank crazy wild-eyed look on their faces yeah. Yeah. you want to know something else that's interesting what's that they use the same judge in all of these cases with all of these deranged uh, shooters don't you find that interesting including yeah. Including the the Boston bombing and any of these any of these cases that are surrounded with uh, uh, let's just say the theatrics of mind control and uh, the government being involved. They use the same judge, Batman shooter, all of them, same judge. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, So, moving on to our next topic. Um, Have you heard of uh, this clash between uh, uh, Israel and Iran? 
that happened on yeah. Saturday? Yes, uh, they had a, about it? they had a, a direct confrontation with Iran, and uh, it's not good. It's not good. Um, they had a uh, a drone that uh, Netanyahu held up a piece of, and that came from Iran, and. They, he, he sent a uh, stern warning to Iran. Uh, also, uh, one of uh, the uh, Israeli jets was uh, shot down. I believe the pilot, if I understand right, um, lived but was injured, uh, I think, pretty bad. And uh, it's, it's really a ratcheting up of the conflict in Syria. I mean... I got to tell you, I've been studying geopolitically for quite a long time the different things that are going on, but never in my life uh, have I seen an area, the geographical area of Syria, be embedded with every every military from around the globe is there. I mean, China's there, uh, Russia's there, we're there. Um, you know, Iran is is in. It's just. It really is pathetic that uh, these armies are encompassing Israel. So I, I just think it's uh, it's it's not good. It's not good. It's ramping up. The Middle East is uh, on fire. Yeah. And Turkey, and then you got Turkey mixed into it. I mean, it's and and, and they're all against Israel, and it has nothing to do with the, the little tiny geographical location of Israel other than the fact that it's a spiritual thing of of uh, the wanting to eliminate Israel. Um, and folks, I'll just tell you this, it will not, regardless of the technology, regardless of the armies, regardless of the firepower, they will not prevail. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, uh, this article in BreakingIsraelNews.com it's saying that this could be the beginning of the uh, Gog and Magog war. However, um, uh, myself and and you um, believe that the Psalm 83 war must happen first. I don't believe that the Gog and Magog war um, will happen until either during the tribulation or right at the end of the tribulation. Um, obviously, everyone knows we are not in the great tribulation yet. And uh, so the Psalm 83 war is not with Iran or or Russia or China. It's going to be fought uh, between Israel and all of their... Uh, closest neighbors, uh, Syria, Lebanon, um, Jordan, uh, uh, Egypt, um, Saudi Arabia, and um, I believe that's that's um, all of the people that will attack them. It lists them all in, in uh, Psalm 83. But the reason I say that is because Psalm 83... It said, or in Ezekiel 38, in the Gog Magog War, it says that they shall attack um, the land of 
unwalled villages, talking about Israel. And right now in Israel, you have a bunch of uh, walled villages. And so um, understanding Bible prophecy correctly, uh, we can say that Psalm 83 war must happen first, and Israel will defeat their enemies and then expand their territory, capture enemy territory, and expand the nation of Israel, expand their borders. And we know that uh, uh, God promised Abraham all the land from the the Nile River all the way to the uh, Euphrates River um, and, and quite a ways north of there too. And so... The land that God gave them that is rightfully theirs is at least a hundred times bigger than the land that they have right now. So, anyways, they will um, they will expand their land, their country, and and then the country of Israel will be a bunch of uh, unwalled villages, and that's going to be. Uh, later be the uh, Gog and Magog war. And so, um, according to the Bible, the the Psalm 83 war has to happen first because right now we've got a bunch of uh, walled villages in Israel. And also, um, this seems to be the perfect time for the Psalm 83 war to happen um, because we've, we're seeing, of course, the... Um, the Arabs that live around Israel have always hated Israel, but right now, after Trump announcing he's going to move the embassy to Jerusalem, the uh, the tension and the hatred seems to be at an all-time high. And so we see uh, tremendous potential for this to happen really soon. Yeah, can I, can I just say this? I, I, th- I do think that we're seeing this. Uh, Psalm 83 war ratcheting up um, with the uh, direct confrontation with Iran. I also wanted to make a side note that one of the reasons why, regardless of the Illuminati and the and the uh, shadow government, the Luciferians, if you will, the devil worshippers, if you will, uh, wanting to take down Trump. You saw that the attempt with the stock market the other day. Uh, they're doing everything in their power to. Uh, Take down this new enthusiasm, this new, this new uh, encumbered spirit, if you will, uh, of, mm-hmm. of those that were thought to be the minority but are the majority. Uh, really, uh, Christians that have uh, uh, sat by and done nothing for many years. I think uh, uh, finally starting to pray, and uh, uh, certainly, a number of uh, saints taking their uh, right authority in Jesus name, pleading the blood. Anyways, I, I just wanted to say I think that's why this country is going to enjoy a short uh, uh, blessing. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that it's more than three years. I'm, I'm actually hoping that there's seven more years of it. Uh, but the reason that that's going to be is because we're blessing Israel. And uh, that relationship with Netanyahu as they try to take him down, uh, the, the, the support of Trump is, is a very, um, it's a big deal. Uh, it's, a, it's a really a blessing. And, 
And uh, what I'm saying can even be proved by uh, other small countries that have uh, chose to bless Israel and their economies are are uh, unexplainably uh, bustling. So uh, make no mistake about it. God says he will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel. So any of you people out there that are being ministered to or believing in a replacement theology, uh, you you want to, uh, in, in this dispensation of grace, you want to you want to get right with God, rebuke that, and get right with God that that Israel is, God has a covenant with Israel, and you need to learn about it and understand it. And uh, if you are against Israel and uh, the Jews, then you uh, need to check your spirit. I, I would say that uh, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, Pastor Stephen Anderson uh one of the big ones in replacement theology uh, today, and uh, he, <clears throat> he made a documentary called Marching to Zion, um, and the, the arguments that he makes for uh, replacement theology are totally bogus. Uh, he he goes to the verse that talks about the, uh, the fig tree uh, being withered, um, and uh, he, uh, you know, obviously he doesn't understand that the, the fig tree represents uh, Israel becoming a nation again in uh, 1948. Um, but also um, in in Zechariah, you know, there's a prophecy that says that um, that uh, in the last days all of Israel shall be saved. Um, so. <clears throat> You know, it's just ridiculous to say that uh, that uh, the Israelites aren't going to uh, realize that Jesus is the the Messiah and come back to uh, the Lord. Um, you know, also as uh, our pastor teaches, um, when Jesus told the Jews um, in the Gospels that. Uh, um, he he shall not return to them again until they say, "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." And so what he was saying there is that he's not going to return again until they uh, come to the real, realization that that he's the Messiah, and uh, that's yeah. going to happen at the end of the tribulation. It says that. Uh, uh, yep. The Antichrist, when he comes into the temple and says that he's God, he's going to uh, try to kill all the Jews. You know, just like Hitler tried to do in the Holocaust. It's going to be a second Holocaust. He's going to try to kill all the Jews. Um, and one third of and the us. Jews in Israel, and us, one third of the Jews in Israel are going to um, escape and go to Petra in uh, Jordan and hide out there. And um, as Paul Bagley mentioned several times before, um, the uh, the late evangelist um, Oral Roberts, uh, God told him to go to Petra and store away King James Bibles um, inside of Petra. 
And so um, God did that uh, on purpose so that they would be able to read uh, the New Testament, I believe, when they get there. And, uh, you know, obviously they will come to the knowledge that uh, Jesus is the Messiah. So, um, really quick, I just want to read a couple verses. Can I say something first? Right yeah. now, right now, in uh, we're, we're living in such a uh, prophetic time, folks. Right now in uh, Israel, they are uncovering and unearthing, just as the Bible said, David's throne. Um, I mean, we're talking about uh, things lining up exactly with Scripture at an exact time in Scripture as this where... Um, David's David's throne, David's, uh, there was a pool that they went through for cleansing before they went on this road up to uh, deliver their offerings. All of this has been unearthed just recently. And uh, there, there's, a, there's a plume of dust outside of the city as they're dumping the dirt, as they excavate. And, and so, you know, our Lord and Savior is going to sit in, in this throne, uh, David's throne, if you will, and and so I just want to tie tie in a powerful prophetic thing that is happening as we speak uh, in uh, Israel, and uh, you know things that uh, just absolutely are their faith building for those that are following, but uh, uh, they're just uh, it's just amazing, just amazing stuff that's happening right now. We live in a really Amazing times. Amen. So I just wanted to read these uh, these verses a second. Um, it says here in Zechariah 13, uh, verse 8, And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. That's uh, two parts of the, uh, or two-thirds of the, uh, Jews in Israel uh, will be killed but the third shall be left therein and I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried they shall call on my name and I will hear them I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God so they will um, be refined they will come to the saving knowledge of, of Jesus or Yeshua and then it says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. Um, so obviously we know that uh, Jesus will return and establish the uh, millennial reign here on earth for a thousand years. And if you read Amen. on Zechariah chapter uh, 14, he talks about it a little bit. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, let's continue. Um Let's see, our next topic is, 
Um, in Nigeria, armed gangs uh, recently massacred 15 villages of Christians. Um, obviously, this isn't new. You know, Christians are killed every day around the world. And so we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that are persecuted and killed daily. We can't just yeah, where's their, sit here in a where, Where's their pre-trip rapture? Exactly. Um, and, you know, that's why nobody can go and preach in persecuted countries like Nigeria or China or different places and and preach a pre-trib rapture without being hated because that doctrine does not fit uh, within uh, the life of, of these persecuted Christians in these dangerous parts of the world. Um, if they preach that, then eventually those people will be persecuted later on. And then if that preacher comes back, uh, those people are just going to hate him. And they're, they're going to absolutely know that what he said was wrong. That's right. Um, well, the, the, the persecution is real. And it, it is showing, uh, it's talked about in the scriptures. And the heads are coming off of our brothers and sisters. And, you know, I've heard, I haven't been there to witness it. Um, but I have heard that even the children, when they're telling them to denounce their faith, they said, no, we love Jesus. And and so, you know, these are our brothers and sisters, and, and we do need to be uh, praying for the persecuted church. We really do. And that, that's going to be, if, if you think that uh, we escape it here in America, you're, you're, uh, you don't have false, you have false doctrine because... Uh, He's coming back after the tribulation, folks. Read Matthew 24. Read uh, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I mean, spend some time in the Word when they were directly asking Jesus about his return. And uh, I'm so sick of uh, these people that have been to cemetery or seminary, excuse me, coming and saying that there's a second second coming. And, you know, they do... uh, uh, you know they do spirit. They do spiritual uh, backflips and uh, stuff with the scriptures to to arrive. You know when it's talking about the falling away, uh, as many as uh, love will wax cold. You know they want to say that that's the the Christians being uh, raptured out of here. Uh, it, it's pathetic, really. And the early church never believed it, and uh, I don't believe it. Um, the scriptures are clear that we have to go through the tribulation. Now, we're not appointed to wrath, so uh, aim into that. And, and uh, you know, we hold on to that, and we, we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, and we uh, also uh, uh, are focusing on the, uh, the, the millennial reign for sure. Yeah, amen. Um, let's just talk for a second. Uh, even though this is kind of unimportant and uh, really absolutely laughable. Um, The recent Mueller indictments, um, obviously, as we already knew would happen, uh, were unable to find any real evidence of uh, 
Russian collusion in the election, supposedly. And uh, the only thing that they could find that they could try to use as fake evidence was uh, Russian trolls on Facebook. I mean, how ridiculous <laughs> is that? I mean, yeah. this should be like a, a comedy show. But you know, but you know what's crazy about that is that uh, these liberal papers. I mean, speaking of fake news, if people didn't believe in fake news before, I mean, these papers literally spin uh, the disinformation to to their readers as though they that there still is Russian collusion, and 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 that's that's the perplexity that I have in all of this. I mean, it comes down to Facebook. Trolls, and uh, and they want it. They still want to act like uh, that there was this collusion, even as the evidence in the investigation says that uh, you know the president wasn't knowingly involved. And so he's he's been vindicated from the the investigator, who is part of the deep state. They have absolutely nothing, and yet these liberal papers still spin it that there was this collusion and that we can't say whether or not this swayed the election and they just keep it just keeps going on and on it's like a perpetual uh the spirit is just well we know what spirit it is because he comes to kill steal and destroy and he's such a liar that that spirit and the people that are uh whether they're knowingly or unknowingly being used by the their father the devil they continue to, uh, so I'm just hoping that in the days moving forward, that some of these papers will go broke, that uh, that their you know their their readers uh, and the listenership of these programs that that lie, you know, I mean, now that the federal government isn't propping them up anymore, I'm expecting that some of these things places are going to have to close their doors. Of course, Soros yep. is still, you know, there's still people funding them. So, Soros, you know, you tell me this. Why hasn't that man, with the evidence of uh, swaying elections and and crippling governments and, and all of the things he's done from the, the days of his youth uh, with his, uh, how he interacted with the Jews and, and uh, really was a, I mean, he, he, he to me, he's just like an SS guy bringing someone to the oven. I mean, he's he is. Why is that man still free? I mean, it's. I guess if you have yeah, that much money, pretty, it shows there's, man. Yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, it's just Especially, like you know, uh, we know that the Clintons are are free. They sold all of our uh, high tech uh, uh, blueprints to our weaponry and. And they sold us out, and they continue to sell us out, sold the Haitian people out, murdered. They got, if you put bodies to cords of wood, they got cordwood stacked up miles long of the bodies that they've, the people they've killed. And yet they're still free. It's because of the, the blood of the innocent that they, they're, they're empowered by the blood of the innocent. They're just, uh, the power's in the blood, the Bible says, but they use it in a different way. Um, I sure would like to see some of these people go go away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting off the uh, the topic of, of prophecy and, and news and stuff, 
I love talking about it. I could talk about it, you know, all the time. I study it all the time, but there's other important things we need to talk about too, besides just um, news and end times. And that is uh, the deception that's being taught by a lot of uh, preachers today. And this has to be this has to be said. It has to be dealt with. Um, like John MacArthur, I'm pretty sure we talked about it before. How he says you can take the mark of the beast and still be saved as long as you just repent and say you're sorry after you after you've taken it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that's absolute hogwash. The Bible is very clear in Revelation. All those who took the mark shall be thrown into the lake of fire. It that's right. Says that. And uh, but there's another, well, there's a lot of heresies that this guy preaches. And to his credit, back in the day, uh, he preached a lot of good stuff. He still does preach quite a bit of good stuff. But um, it's that 90% of truth mixed with, or 99% of truth mixed with only 1% of a lie that can kill you, um, just like rat poison. Uh, but anyways, another heresy that he preaches is that the atonement of salvation is not in the blood of Christ. He says that when the Bible talks about blood, it's only talking about uh, the bloody fashion in how the animals were killed and sacrificed. Um, that is an absolute lie. The Bible clearly says in the book of Deuteronomy that the blood is the life. The the life force of of animals and humans is literally in the blood itself. And that is where the atonement for salvation comes from, is from the shedding of blood. And in the book of Hebrews, it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And it's it's not just talking about the shedding of blood as in the the killing uh sacrificing of an animal or the sacrifice of Jesus, but no, it's it's ta- literally referring to the blood itself as being what is required for the atonement. And in like in the old testament when they would sacrifice a lamb or a ram they would put the blood on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. When Jesus uh, died, when he was uh, sacrificed on the cross, it wasn't it wasn't just the fact that he died on the cross and died a painful, horrible death and sacrificed his body, but it was that he shed his literal blood. And because he was a perfect sinless man who took on our sin and um, it it was his blood that he shed um, that came from that perfect unspotted lamb of God just as a Passover lamb in the Old Testament would have to be inspected for five days and and inspected and that uh, to make sure that it didn't have any spot or blemish and it was absolutely perfect in every way. Uh, Jesus was a perfect spotless Lamb of God who never sinned. And for five days, the high priests and the Pharisees and uh, 
and the and Pilate, the the judge, um, tried to find fault in him, but they could find no fault in him because he never did anything wrong, and so he became a perfect uh, Passover lamb. So, long story short, our atonement is from literally from his blood, and you you take. Uh, you take out the blood, then there's no atonement. And so, uh, this is this is a very dangerous heresy. Just like saying that you can take the mark. Um, and the blood is very important because we need to, you know, plead the blood and use the blood, even in our prayers and our spiritual warfare. Um, because there's power in the blood. You know, when you when Amen. you pray for some. When you pray for somebody, um, when you cast out demons, um, you know, sometimes it's not enough just to pray in in Jesus' name, but you have to uh, actually use the blood of Jesus because that's where the power is at. There's power in his name, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's literally the blood because the Bible is clear that the blood is the life force. Powers in the blood. Yep, plead the plead mm-hmm. the blood of Christ. When the Father sees uh, us, he, he, if we're rightly related with the Father, He sees us through the blood of Christ. That is the mm-hmm. that is the bridge that that makes us acceptable in the Father's eyes. Yep. Amen. And. Um, I'd like to talk about another um, uh, heresy that we see in the church. Um, modern evangelism, um, you know, we just want to uh, soft sell the gospel, make it as acceptable as possible, make it as unoffensive as possible. At, you know, we want to be friendly, we want to be nice, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We want to get as much people in the church as we can, and uh, and so we 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 just preach on the love of God and and tell people, okay, now if you just say this little sinner's prayer, you know, with with every with every eye closed and every heart bowed, if you want to get saved, all you have to do is pray this prayer after me, and so we have people. Praying the sinner's prayer, uh, and they may not even be saying it out loud, which the Bible says that you have to confess with your mouth. You have to pray uh, pray it out loud. And Jesus also said, if you do not confess me before then, I will not confess you before the Father. And so when when churches do sinner's prayers like this, uh, with the entire church, they make it this really weird, um, embarrassing thing where it's like nobody wants, everyone that wants to get saved that prays this prayer is embarrassed that anyone else would would see that they're not saved. Why do we have to make uh, salvation an embarrassing thing? If you're at church and you want to pray to get saved, there's nothing embarrassing about it. If you should be, if you're truly, if your heart is truly um, 
if the Spirit of God is truly drawing you to salvation, uh, you're going to be able to do it with uh, with boldness, and and uh, it's not going to be embarrassing. You're not going to be ashamed of of Jesus, and so. Uh, this modern evangelism is completely screwed uh, screwed up salvation in a lot of ways. And uh, another big thing is that we don't preach the law. This goes for, you know, preachers and uh, anyone that uh, is in ministry, anyone that is, that is a believer, uh, that it has a heart for witnessing, you know, we because even if you're not a pastor, you know, maybe you um, lead someone to the Lord, get them to say the sinner's prayer. But if you're if you're leaving out the law and the conviction, then if there's no uh, if there's no true conviction of sin, if there's no true uh, repentance, which repentance is not the same as asking for forgiveness. Repentance is literally doing a 180, turning yourself in the other direction, turning away from your sin, not doing it anymore. And uh, salvation or forgiveness is merited only on repentance. And it's not something that you do just on your own. I believe that if if you truly want to get saved, God will help you turn around from your sins. It's not something that you just do on your own, but at the same time, you can't get saved without repentance. And so, by doing this, by making the gospel unoffensive and making it acceptable and and uh, you know friendly and all this stuff. What we're doing is we're giving people false hope, tell, guaranteeing them that if they just say a prayer, that they're guaranteed uh, to make it to heaven. And that's not true, because although saying the sinner's prayer is the only thing you have to do to get saved, it doesn't guarantee that you that you truly did get saved, because um, if you truly did get born again, and if you truly are born again, you will have a desire to pray, to read the word, to go to church, fellowship with believers, to learn more about God, Um, you'll have a a hunger to tell other people about Jesus, and to save other, uh, lead other people to the Lord, and all of these things, and these days, since we're not preaching repentance, we're not preaching the law. We are giving thousands, actually millions of people uh, throughout America and throughout the world. We're just giving them false hope, which is worse than no hope. And so then what happens is when somebody comes along and says, um, you know, are you saved? And then someone says, oh, yeah, I'm saved. I said the sinner's prayer, you know, 10 years ago back when I was eight years old, and uh, so I'm good, you know, I don't need to rededicate my life to Christ, or even go to church, or, 
to go to your Bible study or do anything like that. Because I'm saved, once saved, always saved, and I got my little golden ticket to heaven. Well, sorry, it doesn't work like that. Because if you really did get saved, you would have a desire, you would already be going to church, going to your Bible study, doing all of those things, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and you have a hunger for God. You still there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, they rendered the gospel powerless uh, by changing it to be a seeker-friendly uh, gospel, and uh, that's why I I personally need uh, fire and brimstone preaching um, and uh, strong preaching, you know, which is strong preaching, that's a whole other subject, but basically a pastor that is sticking to the Scripture. The Scripture is powerful. The Word of God is powerful. And uh, myself, you know, not getting into contemporary music, uh, just, you know, singing the old hymns, the singing the psalms. Um, I find that to be powerful. But anyways, I'm going to sign off here. Um, you know, anytime you have any prayer requests, reach out to us, um, and uh, we'll pray for you. And, and just know this, that uh, Christ has the victory. He's won the victory for us. And, and uh, we can stand in that place. But we have to have covenant with him. We have to have a relationship with him. Um, you need to be uh, praising his name, not just going to him with your list of, uh, of, of things that you need and, and require. He will uh, listen and honor that, of course, if it lines up with his will. But, but also praise him. He, he desires to have a relationship with you. Uh, anyways, God bless you all, and uh, we're going to make it. God is sure he's a perfecter of our faith. He's going to finish what he started. Amen. Amen. So on that note of salvation and not preaching the law, I'd like to read this. Um, it's, uh, something that Charles Spurgeon said about preaching the law. And uh, this is from Ray Comfort's book, Hell's Best Kept Secret, page 12 and 13. He says, Lower the law and you dim the light by which man perceives his guilt. This is a very serious loss to the sinner rather than a gain, for it lessens the likelihood of his conviction and conversion. I saw you have deprived the... I say you have deprived the gospel of its... A blessed auxiliary, most powerful weapon, when you have set aside the law. You have taken away from it the schoolmaster that is to bring men to Christ. They will never accept grace till they tremble before a just and holy law. Therefore, the law serves a most necessary and blessed purpose, and it must not be removed from its place. So, like I said, without preaching the law, there's not a true conviction of sin. And without a true conviction of sin, where a sinner, a lost sinner, knows that they are dead, busted, guilty before God, they cannot receive salvation. They cannot receive God's grace. Because if they try to receive God's grace without that true conviction, 
Um, it's it's just a, a sloppy, greasy grace salvation, and greasy grace is not the true grace of God. And uh, so we got a ton of Christians uh, walking around thinking that they're saved when they have no fruit in their lives. And uh, if, if you don't have any fruit in your life, if you don't, if you don't grieve um, every time you sin, then you need to examine your heart and uh, see whether you be in the faith. And uh, so I just want to read one last thing before I finish it out. Just give me a second to find it here. In this other book I've been reading, it's called uh, This Day We Fight, Breaking the Bondage of a Passive Spirit by Francis Frangipane. And uh, highly recommend it. Um, it really, if you read it, it will help you to um, to go into a war mode um, and uh, and break the spirit of of heaviness that that keeps you from from praying. Uh, that'll keep you from engaging in spiritual warfare. And I know, you know, spiritual warfare to some people sounds really crazy and it sounds, you know, really scary. Um, but it's a fact of life. Uh, every time you pray, it, it's spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare goes on every second of every day. Um, it's just a fact of life. And so... We need to engage in it, and we, we can't be scared by the enemy. Uh, we need to take our authority in Christ and and pray for our loved ones, pray for our nation, pray for our communities, pray against the evil uh, in this day. Um, even though we see that the end times are approaching us, we can still uh, affect you know, the people that we pray for in a positive way if we pray in faith and don't give up. Um, so this is this is a uh, a quote from uh, the uh, the third Lord of the Rings movie, The Return of the King. Uh, this is from page uh, 36 of the book. Aragorn seeks to inspire his hopelessly outnumbered men against what seems like sure defeat. Hell's swarming legions have amassed before them, and the courage of Aragon's fighters is weakening. Riding along the front lines of his gathered but rather lowly army, he shouts, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. Let's all put aside our fears and the burdens of the passive spirit. Let's take up... Now, this is uh, not from the movie anymore. This this is uh, the author uh, equating what was just said to, uh, to real life, uh, spiritual warfare for Christians. He says, let's 
also put aside our fears and the burdens of the path of spirit. Let's take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and let's war on behalf of righteousness. A day may come when the world will succumb to the forces of evil. But it is not this day. This day we fight. So just because you hear that the end times are coming and all this scary stuff is going to happen, don't let it scare you. Don't give up. we got to make as much of an impact for Christ as we possibly can before that day comes. And even when that day does come, there will still be a harvest. Uh, God's Spirit will still be with us. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And so um, we know that there's not going to be a pre-trib rapture. We're going to have to go through the tribulation. Uh, But even in the tribulation, uh, God's going to pour out his spirit and empower the remnant. And we will still be able to lead people to Christ and be strong and do exploits for him. And although many of us may have to be martyrs, um, you know, even that is not the end. Uh, Don't fear him who can kill the body, but only fear him who can destroy both your body and your soul in hell. Because um, that is the number one thing that you should fear. Not, you know, not the devil, not wicked men that want to kill you or persecute you, but you need to fear God. And the way you fear God is to live in holiness and to obey his commandments. And uh, the Bible's pretty clear that uh, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, the Bible says. It says that in Ephesians, Corinthians, uh, Galatians, um, Actually, I'm going to read that a second. See, I'll go to Galatians and read it for you. Just flipping through my Bible here. Let me see Galatians chapter 5. It says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication. Just a second. I need to point out, ye are not under the law. Uh... That doesn't mean what you think it means. Um, Being under the law means not being under grace. Uh, Those that are not under the law, uh, or those that are under the law, are those who are not saved, who are being condemned by the law. And us being not under the law doesn't mean that we don't have to follow the Ten Commandments. It only means that Jesus took away the Old Testament sacrifices, the ordinances, um, the uh, ceremonial and civil law of the Old Testament. All of the um, the moral law, you would say, the, the Ten Commandments and other parts of the Torah are still 
we are still obligated uh, to obey them. So anyways, uh, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So, brother and sister, that's what we need to do. We need to fear God and not do any of these works of the flesh. We need to walk in the Spirit. And the more we crucify our flesh and walk in the Spirit, the more we get to enjoy the benefits of walking in the, in the Spirit and the closer our fellowship and our relationship it is with God. And so the things that your flesh wants to do that you have to crucify and give up, um, they're not worth it. And everything that you, every sinful habit that you give up um, to follow the Lord, uh, you will gain so much more just in closeness and uh, peace and joy in the Lord. And so I'm going to finish up with that. I hope you all enjoyed the show. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And God bless you all. And good night. Okay. We got it. Sign the We got it. Go, guys. What? Stop. What happened, Dave? Sorry. We're good. Sam. Sam. Dave, get serious, please. I'm there. I'm serious. You're not serious. Hey, guys, we're recording. Please, we're recording. Yeah, I was going to get this. The old preacher man stood there in the pulpit. The church house was empty almost. His eyes filled with tears, his mind filled with memories. Not so long ago When the church house was full Not one pew was empty The altar was stained with saints' tears As he stands there this morning And sounds out the warning Once again But you must pay 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.